Good morning. It's Friday, June 28th, and you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz, a daily podcast catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm actually not joined on the other line today by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor Trey Scott, because what we're doing instead is playing a clip from the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Podcast, where Charles Power and Greg Biggins broke down what exactly goes on at the Elite 11, the annual quarterback competition that starts this weekend in Frisco, Texas, and also talk about things that they are looking forward to at that event. If you want the full version of the conversation, Charles and Greg went on for a full 98 minutes. So go check that out on the feed for the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Podcast. But as you know, our thing here at the Morning Blitz is 15 minutes or fewer. So I've tried to trim down as best I could to the bare essentials. So without any further ado, here is Charles Power and Greg Biggins talking about the Elite 11, which starts on Friday. So uh, I guess, Greg, let's let's transition into the, the Elite 11. Yeah. So just I to kind that. of give everybody uh, kind of a, a layout of, of kind of our next week of, of coverage and kind of how, you know, how this event is set up. So <clears throat> the Elite 11 finals. I think they're bringing in. I think they're bringing in twenty quarterbacks, right? So, like twenty quarterbacks are coming into uh, the star, the Cowboys practice, practice facility in Frisco, Texas. They're coming in. I think the quarterbacks are arriving Friday, and the first workout is on Saturday. So they're going to have their their kind of on air, you know, passing instruction workouts. Um, I think maybe Saturday and Sunday, and then we're going to get into the, the opening finals, which is when the quarterbacks will. Uh, assimilate with all the other uh, prospects of the other positions, and then we'll have you know over a hundred of the top prospects in the country with the quarterbacks throwing to them, and then we'll kind of sort it out from there. So, um, so yeah, the Elite Eleven is always it's always an interesting event to cover. I know it's one, Greg, that you've you've been been closely tied to for for a long time. It was, it was funny. I was going back and looking at all of the the old pictures, and I saw you on there from the from the student sports days. So. So that was that was pretty cool, and just kind of going back and seeing. I guess it's, you know the Elite Eleven really has been around probably <clears throat> as long as the you know the internet recruiting era. I guess maybe like like late '90s was maybe the first couple of years. So um, kind of a almost like a rite of passage with uh, you know top quarterback prospects. It seems like you know a lot of the you know your most of your top quarterback prospects are in it every year. So um, I just kind of wanted to go through I guess the list. And, and just kind of give give everybody kind of a glimpse of who's going to be there. I'll just run down it real quick in alphabetical order. Um, Robbie Ashford from Hoover, Alabama, just just committed to Ole Miss. Harrison Bailey, who is the other quarterback commit in Tennessee's class that Haynes King would join if he were to commit to Tennessee. Um, Carson Beck, who is committed to Georgia. Hudson Card, who is committed to Texas. Jacoby Criswell, who is committed to UNC. Hunter Deckers, who in the last week committed to Iowa State, kind of out of a nowhere guy. Yeah, I think we had maybe had him as a mid-three-star, but got invited to this and has seen his stock rise. He committed to Iowa State. Uh, Luke Doty committed to South Carolina. T.J. Finley, one of the two quarterbacks, committed to LSU, although he's the only one that's in this event. Uh, Ethan Garbers from your neck of the woods, Greg, committed to Washington. Uh, Garrett Green committed to Virginia – or sorry, West Virginia. Haynes King, uncommitted. Sol J. Maivea. It says uncommitted on here, but I did he commit to BYU, I guess, right. in the last like week or so. Yep. Um Jack Miller committed to Ohio State. Chandler Morris, the son of 
head coach, Arkansas head coach Chad Morris, who's committed to the Razorbacks. Drew Pine is committed to Notre Dame. Anthony Richardson committed to Florida. Jeff Sims committed to Florida State. C.J. Stroud uncommitted. Uh, I guess so. He and Haynes King are the only two that are uncommitted currently. Tyler Van Dyke committed to Miami, <clears throat> and Bryce Young committed to USC. So I think it's twenty. Uh, I believe. Um, typically, I think maybe they they used to have like a semifinals. I guess maybe they kind of might operate like the first couple days might operate as kind of a weeding out process and there's only there's four seven on seven teams so i think we might maybe see the reps kind of split up or like tiered based on how they look the first couple days is that kind of what you think it's going to be like greg that, that's that's what i was told you know there's going to be you yeah. know the days and they might actually kind of have a private you know maybe a unofficial top 12 and i think those 12 <laughs> guys will get most of the playing time but rather than sending everybody else home I think the other, you know, eight quarterbacks would kind of still hang around, be a part of a team, maybe get a few reps here and there. But for the most part, it'll be that 12. And I don't know if we're going to be told that they're going to announce the 12 or just kind of be one of those deals where, you know, you kind of just see the 12 guys take all the reps. And then we kind of assume, OK, that must be the top 12 from the past two days. OK, gotcha. So I guess, you know, obviously the, the notable omission here is, is DJ uh, Ue Lagalale, the Clemson commit, um, number one quarterback in the country on according to us and the 24-7 sports composite, he's not uh, taking part. Greg, just what, what what's the reasoning you've heard from that? Um, he was invited. It's like, a lot of times when guys don't come, it might have been because they missed like a regional or something, but he, he attended the uh, Bay Area Regional, and I'm assuming he was invited and all of that, just kind of, but he's not going to participate. Just what have you heard on, on kind of the reasoning with that? Yeah, so with, with DJ, you know, he missed a lot of the spring. You know, he did baseball for the first time, then he hurt his hand, and, and so he hasn't really thrown thrown a whole lot they were in a tournament about a month ago and and Bosco struggled a little bit so I think um I don't think I know actually so what the family is saying is you know what they want DJ to be with Bosco they have a, a tournament this weekend um at Huntington Beach and then he said he'd miss like additional four practices plus that tournament and I think they just feel like you know what this is my senior year and I've already missed so much of the spring I kind of it's more important for me to be a part of my team and do the tournament and be you know a senior captain and be at those practices and so um, it's unfortunate. It would have been great to see him, but honestly, I don't think we would have saw the real DJ anyway. He's, he's only thrown, you know, for basically about two or three weeks this whole offseason. So he wouldn't have been as sharp as I think he normally would be. So I think he just felt best interest to stay with Bosco. And unfortunately, uh, we, we won't get to see him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it's like, you know, I don't think it's that, I don't think the necessarily, like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I mean, we'll we'll have plenty of for our purposes. We'll have plenty of opportunities to see him. He's playing at a one of the top programs in the country. I mean, he's I living in Tennessee. I can watch his games every week on TV if I wanted to. That's how big of a program they are. But um, yeah, I, I guess obviously it would be nice to compare him head to head with some of these guys. And I was looking like I think this is probably the first five star quarterback in a decade to, to not be at the Elite Eleven. So it's a little notable on that front. It doesn't typically doesn't typically happen. I think we were talking about it like maybe like Matt Barkley was the last one. Um, and that was kind of pre this most recent iteration since they kind of, I guess, kind of switched it up and they have like their tied in with the opening and all of that. I always like watching the counselors of this thing too. That was always, that was always a highlight to me is because, you know, you, you see how much these high school guys are going to have to improve when you bring in a couple college players who are, you know, a year away from being, high draft picks it's always fun to watch that and he kind of kind of shows you how how far these guys progress over their 
college career. So that was always fun. Um, yeah. One of my favorite counts is this is a true story. Chan Gailey actually came out for three days and was watching Carson Palmer because they had the first pick in the draft with Houston the next year. And David mm-hmm. Carr put on such a show. I mean, Carr was was freaky good. I mean, he was probably the best counselor we ever had there. Talking about Stafford, maybe the best high schooler. Carr was unreal. And then he went out, had a great year with Fresno State. And then Gailey right. took number one over the, all in the draft. And he actually said later on, it was actually seeing him at the Elite 11 while scouting Carson Palmer because everyone thought Carson was going to be the number one guy. But Carr had been wow. the number one guy. And he goes, I, I saw him for three days at Elite 11. Saw him on the chalk to- chalkboard and saw him throw it. I'm going, okay, this guy is really special. You know, unfortunately, you know, Carr never really panned out. I think a lot of it because he's yeah. and got Yeah, you know, it's a terrible situation. Yeah, but he was a special quarterback for sure coming out of college. Greg, I guess uh, kind of looking, you know, looking at this at this crop of quarterbacks, um, what are, who are some guys that you're looking forward to seeing or just kind of what are some things you're looking forward to, uh, you know, I guess once we do the, the individual workouts and then get on into the, the seven on seven, what, what's kind of, you know, on your on your plate in terms of things you're looking for? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I think Haynes King is the guy I'm looking forward to because I haven't seen him live before. We talk about him almost every week, at least because he's still uncommitted. But, you know, I think, right. you know, just watching the film and we, we put so much emphasis on it, on measurables. And he's a guy who I think could really push Bryce and DJ for that top spot. So I'm really curious to see how he throws it in this kind of setting. Um, you know, the last time uh, I saw Hudson Card was at the Future 50. He was the top guy there. So uh, I'm anxious to see him again. Um, obviously, you know, the West Coast guys, I, you know, Garbers and Bryce and even Soldier, I've seen a ton of. C.J. Stroud, I've seen a lot of. So guys like Drew Pine, right. you know, I'm excited to see. I already mentioned Haynes. Um, T.J. Finley uh, is a guy who, you know, has a lot of physical tools and kind of built similarly to, to D.J. in terms of just the size and the arm strength. So I'm curious how he does. He plays a lot of seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, so I think that should help him in, in this event do really well. So, um, But overall, you know, I, I think pretty solid group. And uh, I'm curious, you know, curious who's going to end up getting the MVP. It's, it's always the guy who wins. So, yeah, uh, I think someone's I didn't know this. I haven't looked at the teams yet, but someone said Bryce has Demas and Fleming on his oh, team. Oh, yeah. That so, team, it's, I, I think that, it's a team that, that the, that's the book bag emoji. I, I don't know who picked teams, but whoever picked that team did a great job because it is completely unfair of the players they have. Like, I, I, I would have a hard time seeing that team lose. Like, there's just he has the top two receivers in the country on the same team and the number one quarterback at the event. Like, I don't know. Because t- typically you get a receiver and a quarterback who kind of sync up in this and they tend to dominate. That seems to be the, the overall trend of, of kind of how these things go. Um, and yeah, because looking at the receiver group, we can get into this, I guess, a little after the break, but it's a lot of like bigger outside guys. So if you get a couple that are like actual mismatches, it seems that's going to be, you know, a, a big thing. So, yeah, if I was handicapping this, I would say he, the quarterbacks on that team probably have a great chance. <laughs> yeah, I think G. Scott is on that team too, and G. obviously does more seven on seven than probably any any receiver right, that's yeah. lived, and he kills it. So, uh, you know, I that team. Who's their, you know who they're tied in? I guess we could probably talk about this after the break. Let's st- we'll stick with the quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. Who are you looking forward to seeing, Charles? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, some of these guys I haven't seen in person, so. You know Bryce Young, obviously, really looking forward to, to seeing him. You know, I think the I think the question with Bryce is, you know, how high is he going to go? You know, this is a guy who's as accomplished a high school player as you can really be up to this point. 
um, just kind of getting a grip on, on, you know, his, his physical tools and, you know, kind of, is he going to make a push to be a five-star? How close is he going to get to, you know, DJ kind of going into the season? I think this made, made you know, the question with him. Um, Haynes King, for as much as we, like, we, we're, we've been high on Haynes King pretty much before anybody. Um, you know, I guess we've kind of been early on that wave. I think one thing, though, is, like, like wh- whenever I, like, really like a prospect a lot, I think you always have to be careful to not, like, go overboard. So you kind of, like, th- like a lot of the guys I try to question the most are the ones who I, I like the most to make sure I'm not, like, being, like, biased on players you like. Um, so I think the thing with Haynes King is the thing we have to grapple with is, like, as for all of his attributes, you know, and, and we'll see this up up close in person, but just kind of from what I've gath- gathered, and one thing I'm going to be looking for is like, it he it's not pretty. Like the way he does the ball is not pretty, and he's not a guy who plays, you know, throws all year. Um, so that's going to be something we're going to have to kind of, you know, grapple with. And, and I don't think I think we can get into whether or not like that's the you know how much weight you put on that. I think you can kind of overinflate it. It's not going to be always be a beauty contest. Like Sam Darnold, who we mentioned has a very funky delivery. Uh, Deshaun Watson uh, was not a polished thrower at all in high school. So we're going to have to kind of just maybe just put that in the right context and and see um, kind of how that projects with him long-term. That's one thing I want to be looking for with him. Um, Luke Doty, I've seen a ton. I mean, he plays at, like, my high school alma mater. Um, but, he, I, like, we haven't seen him in a seven-on-seven setting. So I want to see how he looks in, in this, you know, just kind of throwing him into – an obscure uh, foreign environment. Um, you know, this isn't like really an event that's going to give you a whole lot of uh, sense of a guy's mobility. And I think we have something we kind of need, always need to factor in. Um, but, you know, the two guys who I would want to see who probably had the most to prove from a, a mobility standpoint are, are Carson Beck and Harrison Bailey. I think they were the only two who had like negative rushing yards as juniors. So obviously I'm going to be watching their feet and their drops and stuff like that. Um, in terms of accuracy, you know, I, I, th- I think guys with, with stuff to prove there are, you know, like Jack Miller, TJ Finley, Anthony Richardson, all kind of had lower completion percentages and, and going to be something we're going to probably look for just their ball location. I think they all have pretty good arms and, and stuff like that, physical tools, but we'll be looking to see if they, how they kind of, you know, throw the ball with a live defense. And, and then with the physical tools, <clears throat> kind of varying degrees of this, but, you know, Hudson Card, uh, Chase Garbers, Chandler Morris, Drew Pine, they're all guys who are like a little slight of frame, um, maybe not the biggest hands of, of these guys, and just kind of seeing, you know, how, how strong their arms are and, and just kind of getting a, a idea of, you know, their room for growth physically, I, I think. And then I, CJ Stroud, I think, is a sleeper. Like, I, I you know, Greg, I, we, we, we talked about him in the past. Like, I, I'm really interested in him, and I think, you know, he might be the only, by the time we roll around to the event, he might be the only one that's uncommitted. So he might be a guy who a lot of schools are coming in on if they, you know, didn't get their quarterback. Um, So I'm kind of interested to see how he looks. But just based off the stuff we've seen, I mean, he's really intriguing. I think he's probably one of my favorite um, of the current current three stars. Um, So, yeah, it should be. Should be a fun week, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I think we can. I think we just the main thing is we just have to kind of look at all of this and in the right context. And um, 
you know, just seeing the live defenses can help. And it can kind of expose some things. Like I remember, um, I remember Christian Hackenberg looked unbelievable on air and you throw him into a live defense and it was like, it was just kind of a sign of things to come. So um, just looking at stuff like that and, and seeing how they, uh, you know, link up with, with receivers who are on their high school team and throwing stuff, throwing um, maybe some concepts that they don't run every day. Cause one thing I, I noticed is a lot of these quarterbacks, especially like the last class, so many of them were coaches kids and were in like really ideal high school situations. So I think maybe this is kind of a good thing to just throw them in the, in the deep end and see if they can swim. So that's, that's always a good thing. And kind of, you know, some things I look for with, with this. So no, what you said, I think was very, very good. And I think it applies to every single position. And you know, one thing just being at the event for a lot of the years is like, I, I don't ever think it's good to get too high or too low based off of a mm-hmm. performance you know a short and short performance and yeah it's great it's a great evaluation tool and i think anytime you see a guy do anything athletically you know i went to a volleyball game to watch that middle blocker because he was a left tackle and i wanted to see how he moved around he lived too far away from me to go watch him play i think every right. time you have a chance to evaluate a kid it's important but at the same like like you said it's you know it's this still at the end of the day it's not real football um so never get too high never get too low and especially with quarterbacks like i said i've seen a lot of guys kill at this event and a lot of guys not do great and their ox, their success at the next level was completely opposite of how this event was. So, right, and that's what one yeah. you can't always measure when you're watching a guy. Is you you, you want to look at the release, the arm, the feet. You know, the accuracy obviously for me is probably the biggest thing. But um, I think smart is is almost supersedes everything. Assuming you have functional ability and, and all those other categories I just named. If you, if you if you can't process. You're going to struggle yeah. badly. It was funny because Zach Klein was that cow, and he was a guy we liked a lot coming out of high school. And he was an Elite 11 guy. We thought, oh, now it's, it's Zach's turn. And Goff comes in and, and beats him out as a, as a true freshman. And the reason was because he was so much better at getting the playbook. And, you know, he, he was already advanced. We're calling protections, picking up blitz packages, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, young quarterbacks, I, I think for sure, if you're, you know, kind of listening, man, pay attention to, to that because that will get you – a lot farther than just how far you can throw the football. That's going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. For Greg Biggins and Charles Power, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Monday for the next edition of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz.